This is episode number six of the Presentable Podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Bean. Today on the show, my good friend Deepa Supermanian. She and I work together at Adobe, and now she's the director of product for the Hillary Clinton campaign. We talk about what it's like to manage a web team for an 18-month-long sprint to the finish. Let's get right to it. How are you doing? I'm good. Happy President Obama's birthday. Today's his 55th birthday. I feel oh, like that's yeah. a special moment for us to have our little conversation. It is. It is. He's 55. He's wow. 55. I he know. That's stud. I feel like he should be a lot older than me. <laughs> I know. Oh, gosh. A lot wait. more. A lot more older than <laughs> me than that. I don't know. I know. Um, he has the life experience of like a 90-year-old. Must be. Yes. Uh, how's the scene over there in Brooklyn? Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. It's, you know, we're coming off of... Um, a couple of weeks of just lots of action, right? We had the Republican National Convention. Uh, we announced our running mate, Senator Tim Kaine, who's I, amazing. I think I saw a little something about these these conventions on the news. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, we had our convention, which was such a phenomenal experience. Um, you know, myself and our team, we were in HQ in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I'm keeping an eye on things, so much activity and stuff happening. But to exit that convention, it was a, a great success, and everyone feels quite uh, quite happy. And so now um, the candidates are on a, a tour, and we are back to business now that we're officially in the general election. Yeah, that's right. We have, what is it, like 100 days or something like that? Or yes. it was a couple days 97 ago. 97 days. I guess you probably have a giant 97 on the wall, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming into double digits was really exciting. You know, I joined the campaign last July. So this is, it's like, you know, we're in the, the sprint to the finish. So it's super exciting. Yeah, but you've been sprinting for a year. <laughs> Uh, yeah, totally. Did you hear that nervous laugh? <laughs> um, but it is, I mean, yeah, the pace is insane. Um, but I, I think there's like a certain type of person who really enjoys it and is made for it. And I found out pleasantly that that's me. <laughs> um, it, it like plays well to my personality type. But yeah, it's been... How so? A, it's how, been... so how, how does that, how does that like feed you in a way? Like, because it, yeah. it seems like there are... I don't know, in product development, at least, uh, from my experience, there's these like pushes and then there's these quieter periods of thinking, right? Mm -hmm. And you like build, 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 launch, and then kind of measure, measure, think, think, and then start the cycle again. But God, I mean, you got, you're, you're facing this continuous news cycle, right? You must be responding and responding, responding. What do you find personally like equips you for that kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, the sort of, Product life cycle is the same. The environment is different, but we're doing exactly what you just said, you know, uh, brainstorming, um, you know, feeding an inspiration to conceive of these cool ideas and then working hard to design and develop it, launching it, checking in on the data, iterating on it. Like those characteristics are the same in this environment. It's just the volume and the pace is what's cranked to 11. So we're doing that constantly juggling different projects. You know, we can have an idea on a Monday and ship it on Thursday um, and then, you know, pivot it on Saturday. Like it's just, it's so fast. And, and you're right. A campaign is a mixture of 
planned moments, right? Our convention, we know when our convention is. Mm -hmm. The debates, when we know when those are. So those are planned moments that we can uh, work towards launching new things and, and preparing for. But then intermixed are these reactive moments where mm -hmm. we have to respond to something that's happening in the world, that's happening um, in the race. And so, uh, so it's just, it's constantly game on mode and you're just having to, to switch around. And, and I think that's where, um, I don't know if you remember this, Jeff, but like way back in the day, I used to joke around that I wish there was a reality show for product management, like, <laughs> like the project runway for product management. Well, that's this. And so it really flexes a lot of those muscles that a good product manager needs to develop, like being able to context switch and carry a lot in your mind, um, making sure you're not blocking anyone on your team, whether it's design, the engineering team, the analytics team. So I think I like that sort of volume. I like that kind of like go, go, go state. Um, but it's important to find, I mean, I learned that I think from you, like to find those moments to step away and just like look out the window and think, because that's where some of the bigger ideas and the inspiration can come from to sort of intentionally pull away from all the noise and activity to find a quiet spot. And I forced myself to do that. I and think, yeah, I think I, I made a career out of um, looking out the window and thinking. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My core competency, just uh, yeah. kind of gazing off at the horizon. Speaking of the reality show, by the way, um, Apple is actually doing one called Planet of the Apps. Have you, have you heard of this? No. No, yeah, they're doing, because they're doing some like Apple Music, iTunes, their, their own content now, kind of like Amazon yeah. and, and Netflix have done. So they're doing a reality show about like they're putting groups of people in a house and having them make an app and ship it and stuff. So, Oh my gosh, be still my heart. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. I think it could go in, in two different, very dramatically different ways. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But anyway, we, we should, we should back up a little bit and just like a little history here. Cause you used like you said, you, you've been doing this, uh, this role, you're, you're, uh, head of product or director, director of, product. of, director of yep. product for the Hillary yep. Clinton campaign. Yep. Um, before that, you uh, had a similar job for Charity Water. Yep, head of product at Charity Water. It's a clean water nonprofit in New York um, yep. that has, you know, uh, like we basically uh, raise money online to um, develop water projects in the developing world. And, and, and did so in a way that was really, I don't know, for lack of a better term, I guess, like digitally native, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it was, it really struck me how, how, um, impressive, like the social media campaigns and the, and the, the emails that, that I've gotten from charity water, just how effective and contemporary all of that seemed to be. So seems like that set you up well for the, the, the gig you've got now. Totally. Yeah. The founder of charity water is this like incredibly inspiring man, Scott Harrison. And when he, um, you know, had the idea for charity water, eight, 10 years ago, he was like, where is the Nike of charities? You know, where is the charity that cares about design, that cares about storytelling, that um, is inspiring and immersive? And so with that eye, um, especially with his um, creative partner, Vic Harrison, who who was sort of the design mind behind Charity Water, they started this organization that put design first um, that was really beautiful. And so a lot of what we did was raising money through beautiful, inspiring stories. And so right. storytelling right. was a big part of Charity Water. And yes, that has lended itself perfectly to the campaign because our job is to get our candidate's story out there. And so I've 
taken a lot of lessons from Charity Water into into Hillary for America. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it seems I, I can see that because when, like when I was comparing the two candidates' websites, um, kind of set aside issues and, and stuff like that. But just from a almost like a content strategy point of view, it feels like the Hillary Clinton website has a lot more of that like narrative and storytelling um, as opposed to the Donald Trump website, which is much more these these um, very sharply focused issue pages. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I, uh, it resonated with me. I thought it was um, um, a very effective approach. Oh, I'm so glad. I'll take that back to the team. <laughs> um, yeah, the website for us, um, actually, we launched a beautiful new redesign. So you probably saw the redesign website. Um, and, it, you know, we have to do so many things with that website. And I think we have created something that can do that. So we are sharing these, like, important moments, introducing our candidate, introducing Senator Kane, um, going deep into, you know, all of these policies that uh, Secretary Clinton has, um, breaking them down for sort of anyone to understand, um, sharing these fun moments and videos. Like there's just uh, also being a resource for people to understand, especially during the primary and now as we get closer to the general, where can you vote? All these like details. How can you help? How can you jump in and, and make phone calls or go to a battleground state to knock on doors? Like the website is our vehicle to share all of this information. So it takes a massive group of very talented designers, product managers, and developers to create a single property that can like do all of that well. And so um, that's actually what I'm focusing on now. I've, I've had the privilege of sort of working on a variety of different projects through my time on the campaign. And, and now I'm really focused on our storytelling, our content, how our website is both uh, resources and like rapid response type of stuff. And, it, and there must be a, just a whole slew of individual like interactive web apps I, I, i'm imagining yep. like it's got a shop and it's got a donation and it's got to like sign up kind of almost like crm right yeah. and yeah it mixes all those disciplines totally oh my god yeah that must be um it must be uh challenging keeping everything kind of both moving forward at a at a you know the pace we've been talking about but also consistent as well like yeah, it takes it takes uh, an army of people. It takes <laughs> have... a village. Yes, it takes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'm, um, I'm right on message, aren't I? Yes, exactly. Bravo. Um, yeah, absolutely. So there, you know, we have, um, you know, we operate like any sort of, uh, you know, digital shop that you would expect. We have product reviews. We have design reviews. So, so there are the processes and infrastructure in place to make sure that we are staying consistent, that as we ship new things, it's on brand, um, it looks beautiful, uh, we're checking in on it after it ships to see how it's performing, so on and so forth. So a lot of those checks and balances are in place. And then, again, it's really, it's the volume. This whole job comes back to the volume. The people it takes to be innovating on this platform and shipping as fast as we can, it takes, it takes a lot of people, and they are the best people ever. <laughs> Do you know the, what, what's the size of the group that's working on the, on the, I guess in the technology side of things, because um, it's more than just a website, obviously. Yeah, yeah, we're quite large. We're greater than fifty people, um, and a lot of different backgrounds too. You know, so um, we have people from Google and Yelp and like larger companies. People coming from agencies and consulting world. A um, couple folks who you know graduated from like uh, General Assembly and schools like that and jumped in. Um, one of uh, my PMs, he uh, this is his first job ever. He graduated from Yale and showed up on the campaign, and he's wonderfully talented. And, you know, it's just a very varied team of people coming together with this single mission. You know, it's, it's very clear. We either win or we don't. And yeah. so 
um, it really is is an easy thing to kind of get behind. Well, that must be, yeah, that must be really effective because, you know, I've I've seen in bigger companies, especially. Um, how difficult it is to sort of build consensus around yeah. what we're doing and, and how we will be successful uh, and what success even looks like. Yeah. You have a pretty clear definition of what success looks like. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Man, winning and losing. That's it. Like there's no tie. <laughs> I learned that through the primary and I learned about the like personally that just crazy elation that you feel when you win. It's, it's, you know, especially when you're working so hard, it, it's a, crazy feeling. Um, but yeah, it's very clear what we have to do and what we're going to be judged by. Now that said, um, you know, depending upon what you're working on, there can be, uh, there can be debate or there can be no debate, right? Like our fundraising platform, I used to run product for that. Uh, it didn't have as much debate. I mean, you know, prioritizing the features with, with, with our stakeholders, uh, would sometimes it'd be like, no, I think we should do this first or that. But you can't really argue too much about like revenue bearing features. But on on the content and storytelling and website, there is more discussion. It's it's a mixture of both quantitative and qualitative. So, uh, you know, we have those healthy discussions with all of our stakeholders. The tech team, we partner with all of the different teams on the campaign. So mm. our digital team own our brand and our content and our social properties. So we're building a lot of technology to fuel their efforts. We partner with our analytics team, an incredibly talented group of data scientists who are dealing with massive amounts of data um, and making sure that they can access and query and manage that data. We partner with them, partner with our comms team, our media team. So the tech team, it's a great position to be in because you get to see the campaign at all um, levels. You are partnering with them to build things. And so there is a, those are our stakeholders. So there is a fair amount of back and forth discussion. And that's where, you know, the product team comes in to, to assist in that regard to so make sure what we're building is the right thing. The requirements are clear. Um, and we're sort of, you know, crawling before we, we walk and then we run. So are we like, you know, splitting it up to do a, a V1 and then a V2 properly? Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about the, the data and the analytics a little bit, because sure. I've, I've always been a big fan of um, what uh, Joe Trippi, uh, remember him from the Howard Dean campaign? Yeah, um, yeah. And he really sort of um, pulled the team together that kind of fundamentally changed the way campaigns work in that he kind of um, skipped the traditional media buys, uh, used uh, the nascent at the time, 2004, right? And uh, this nascent yeah. social media blogs and 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 email subscriber lists and went out and directly got um the the small donations that ended up you know sort of breaking all campaign records and stuff like yeah. that which were then like that same team then went to chicago in 2008 and did the same yeah. for obama for for america broke all the records again and stuff and so i've i found that fascinating that the same techniques that say an e-commerce startup Right. Or, or, you know, some kind of SaaS startup that's trying to do growth hacking and, and things like that, that the same things apply on this national scale with with, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in, in donations and stuff. So what's it what's it like doing that for the for the Hillary Clinton campaign? I imagine you had some of the same people involved. It's um, yeah, I, yep, absolutely. We have some some folks who worked on both um, 
the Obama and the HRC 2000 camp, 2008 campaign um, or Obama 2012. So, um, yeah, and these are the people who they've done it. They have great ideas. They can sort of explain um, to us what's happening because a lot of us on the tech team, this is our first presidential campaign. So sure. it's good to have a mixture of like people who've never done this before and people who have. And it, like it's, it just makes for better outcomes. It sounds, um, like, it sounds like a lot of your team, this may be the first election they can vote in. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Um, yeah, actually, that 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 is true. We have it's it's a it's a varied campaign. I feel I like yeah. I'm not even going to go into it, but I'm yeah. just like, oh my gosh, like what? Can you explain that to me, youth ambassador? <laughs> um, uh, but going back to the data thing, exactly. I think you're seeing you know as like the power of technology and like the digital landscape changes over the 2000s and now into 2016. Um, savvy campaigns take advantage of that, and so. Like you said, the Dean campaign, especially the Obama campaign, was celebrated for that. Um, and we are doing the same. Um, you know, uh, Facebook Live, that's like the big innovation now. So we do a lot of Facebook Live um, things, and it's very popular. It, it brings some of these rallies and these big campaign moments to a broader audience by putting it on on Facebook. And so, you know, the Obama campaign really took advantage of Facebook and Twitter and social media. So, right, right. so it's like, what's the innovation that's taking advantage of all of the new technologies available and to what end? And through that, there's, you know, a massive amount of data and sort of tracking. And so that's where, again, the digital analytics and tech team have to work in concert. And they, um, and we, and we do that every single day. Do you think that, uh, like, again, I don't want to get too much into politics, right? Um, I'm, I'm fascinated by how you're building all of this stuff and collaborating and stuff. But when you mention like social media, do, do you feel like, I feel like that's affecting the tone of the campaign and not in positive or negative, but in more almost folksy, you know, like I'm thinking yeah. back to the delete your account tweet. That was, you know? <laughs> But um, I, I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think, you know, we all are on social media so much, like the average person. Um, and uh, whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing, it is an avenue uh, to share information. And obviously, an election is one of the most relevant topics this year. And so you see it um, on social media. And we uh, we need to take advantage of that. It'd be silly for us not to. So I don't know if, I, if you remember, but a, a couple weeks ago, we built this thing called Trump Yourself. If you go to trumpyourself.com, you can see it. And it was basically you could um, you could take some of the the things that Donald Trump has said about women, African Americans, a variety of groups, and you could sort of overlay this like filter and quote over your Facebook picture. And these are ways to kind of show off um, you know some of the things that are relevant to this campaign through the avenue of social media. And the whole idea came out of one of our designers um, had the idea to 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 take one of his quotes, um, the words fat pig. And she put that over her own Facebook profile picture and like uploaded that on, on Facebook. And, and then the team sort of thought, and the, the idea kind of grew from there. Let's build like this social, uh, Trump yourself generator to do that en masse. And these are, I think the things that help, um, propagate ideas and, and sure, I'm sure it affects the tone, but, um, I, I'm pretty proud of that team for having, done that the design and the execution of it was pretty stellar so it sounds like you've got this uh, this opportunity to also do almost these side projects like the the like google 20 percent projects right um yeah. because this is like you know a different domain totally different look and feel um and it's a meme generator yeah yeah um yeah so sometimes these little ideas that you have just brainstorming or whatnot can become 
a big idea that the campaign uh, works on can go viral. Uh, and, and I think that really comes back to the environment that has been fostered uh, from our you know, leadership all the way down. Like We have a lot of brainstorms. I was just in an amazing brainstorm yesterday with our super talented design team. And to pluck out an hour from such a packed day, you know, we're all working 15-hour days, uh, to sit and like let our thoughts wander, that's how these little gem of ideas come through, um, bring it in front of some people, play with it, test it, and, and it can be super, super impactful. And so that is a, a very for me, thrilling environment to be in. You know, that's the kind of stuff that um, it's also so good for the team culture, team morale, right? Oh, that absolutely. A, that ability to like, um, first of all, uh, sort of do that brainstorming in a in a place with a bunch of people that you respect and trust uh, and then come up with an idea, implement it and see it in front of users in that kind of turnaround time. Um, I think, you know, it's funny. Well, as I was doing a little research for today, I uh, viewed source of your website of hillaryclinton.com and yeah. there is this very nice ASCII art of the logo, yeah. <laughs> which I thought was great. And then it says, uh, join the only 18 month nationally televised hackathon with a link to, um, our jobs page to your jobs page. And this is all yeah. sort of in the, in the meta tags up above in a comment in the meta tags. And I thought that was very clever, but also like, really it's, it, it, it must feel like this constant year and a half of just hacking and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So it's super empowering, right? If you're the type of person who likes that uh, ownership and that responsibility, like you could be working on a project, but also bring an idea that ends up being super successful, like Trump yourself. Um, it, it, I think it's very exciting for folks. And, and yeah, I, I'm glad you saw that, that, you know, we are working on a political campaign. It is incredibly busy and, you know, the pace is intense, but we have these still whimsical moments, you know, to, to put that into our view source. That was exciting. And like fun little things like that, I think are, are what keeps, um, keeps the team, you know, like, and surprises and delights the people who know to look for those things. And sure. I, I kind of love that, that type of stuff. So you have that on one side. And then on the other side, you have, frankly, you know, one of the most visible brands in America right now. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so how do you, how do you balance this, uh, this sort of hackathon mentality, which is necessary to to keep the motivation and the momentum going with this brand stewardship and consistency across the websites and products and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think I have learned so much in this job that I'm like, I can't even wait to see what I do with everything that I've learned. It does. It's stewardship is the perfect word. It requires um, a lot of people to kind of work in concert approvals and processes to make sure that what every single thing we're putting out, whether it's a tiny little change to an existing feature or some brand new product that we're shipping net new, you know, we launched our mobile application um, on the eve of the Democratic convention. These things, to make sure that they are on brand, the brand is consistent, the look and feel has that perfect mixture of of educational and inspiring with surprise and whimsy, um, it takes a lot of people to, to sort of check in on projects at every stage and offer feedback and then rapid iteration on that. And so, again, that's where some of the things like our product reviews and our design reviews help help do that. And so we become kind of like a little family shepherding our identity and our digital products along. Who, do, who ultimately owns the brand? Um, I would say our digital team. So mm -hmm. um, they're the ones who kind of own uh, our brand, our content, whether it's social uh, platforms, our website. And so, and we work in concert with them. Um, and so there's an amazing design team that, uh, sort of, uh, you know, designs what we do, um, 
in partnership with the tech team and, and it all is kind of overseen by the digital team. So we're like three, uh, groups that kind of work in trifecta, digital, tech, and analytics for every single thing. And so we have uh, partners and stakeholders on every on every uh, part of that trifecta. Got it. Got it. And that um, the brand itself was um, uh, at least a logo, that, that very iconic H with the arrow, uh, yeah. came from Pentagram, right? Michael Beirut um, yep, yep. designed that. Um, how about the rest of the design? Who's, who's behind that stuff? Yep. So our um, font is called Unity, and it's uh, by Lucas Sharp. And I love our font. It's so friendly to me. Like I love, um, I love seeing it because it, it kind of, it feels flexible. Like it can be, yeah. um, you know, very inspiring and beautiful on sort of Hillary Clinton branded things. But we also use it for some of our um, other kind of like opposition type of stuff. Um, I, and I so thought, again, I thought that the, that typeface was a very good, an interesting evolution from where you know, so sort of um, the big splash that Obama made in two thousand eight with his design, which mm-hmm. for the first time looked modern and didn't look like stuffy old serif fonts, you know, flowing on a flag, right? Yeah, yeah. By using Gotham from uh, uh, Heffler Fair Jones. And you said Lucas Sharp designed, what was it called? Unity? Unity. Yeah. I mean, what about an apt name? <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Right? It takes on a, that sort of boldness, but mm-hmm. includes, I, I don't know, it feels a little um, more accessible. I don't know. I think it's a very successful choice. I think you're overall, it's, it's, it's going really well. Yeah. So I think all of those elements kind of come together. And again, it's our, it's our amazing design team, um, and our digital team, uh, that, that kind of keep uh, a tight grip on that. I mean, even at the convention, like, I don't, I don't know how much of the, of the convention you watched, but, um, you can see beautiful signage um, that uh, people were holding up that you know gets passed around, and and the font and the coloring that's used. I love it. I think I think the tone of the campaign. It's very. It's like friendly. It's bright. It's colorful. It's positive. It's the future that we all want to see um, uh, play out with uh, Secretary Clinton in the White House. And so our brand kind of ties to that. Um, and so it, yeah, it takes like an army of people to to make sure that that is on point at all times and being uh, used properly and respectfully. This week's episode of Presentable is brought to you by FreshBooks. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast, there's a really good chance that you're a designer. And that means you probably have done some freelance work. I have myself, and I'll tell you what, I always loved doing the work, and I really enjoyed getting paid, but it was that bit in the middle that drove me crazy, having to send out invoices to my clients, get them to pay me, follow up when they didn't. It was a nightmare. Well, FreshBooks are on a mission to help small business owners save time and avoid stress that comes from running their businesses. And that all starts with pain-free invoicing. FreshBooks has created a super intuitive tool that makes creating and sending invoices totally simple. It takes just 30 seconds to create and send an invoice, and you can add your company logo for that extra professionalism for the way you want your invoices to look. FreshBooks will give your clients tons of ways to pay you. They allow you to receive payments by credit card and integrate with services like PayPal, and this can seriously improve how quickly you get paid. In fact, FreshBook customers get paid up to five times faster on average. And this part is really great that you can see whether or not your client has looked at the invoice. So no more excuses, no lost invoice, and you can set up an automatic late payment reminder as well. So they just keep getting the email saying, hey, 
my invoice, how about it? And that's just the invoice, and FreshBooks has a lot of other features to help you keep organized. You can easily keep track of your expenses, and if you're in the US, you can automatically import your bank transactions for easy reconciliation. They have great reports. You can easily see who owes you what. Tons of third-party integrations. They do time tracking. They have amazing customer support. Getting started on FreshBooks is extremely simple. You don't really have to be a numbers person at all. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day free trial to listeners of this show. No credit card required. To claim your 30 days of unrestricted use, go to freshbooks.com slash presentable. That's freshbooks.com slash presentable. And when you sign up, please enter presentable in the how you heard about us section so FreshBooks knows you came from this show. Thank you so much to FreshBooks for sponsoring presentable and Relay FM. So you keep talking about these product reviews. Um, mm-hmm. I'm interested in how those, um, uh, what, what are those like? Who, who goes to them? How, how do you run them? Yeah. I, I, I mean, nothing too different. Like I said, like the, the same, you know, the discipline of product management is the same, whether we were at Adobe or Charity Water or this campaign, it's just the volume that's, that's, uh, that's just cranked up. But our product reviews are where we bring new ideas. Um, our stakeholders come. So depending upon, let me actually take a step back. So sure. the tech team, we, like I said, work partner with all different teams on the campaign. Uh, you know, so we have a huge um, kind of mandate to build things to raise money online, to build things to enable our organizers who are out on the field uh, they're the boots on the ground, knocking on doors, um, talking to voters, and shuttling that information back in to make those organizers more successful. We have to build tools to help the general public understand where are they supposed to go to vote, what's their caucus location as the general election comes closer, can they uh, are they registered to vote, things like that. That's our voter team. Um, we have a, a you know all these different mandates, and so for each of these different areas. Uh, there's, uh, you know, obviously innovation happening, new ideas. So you bring that to product review and then the right stakeholders are brought together and you talk about it and you discuss it. And like, you can see the idea, um, sort of, uh, change its shape. So you could bring just a kernel of an idea, no, no, no mock-ups, no wireframes, just like a little idea. Hey, what if we did this? And then it can be a discussion or you can bring, you know, a very baked design, walk people through the flow and get some feedback. And, and it's fun to be able to do one or the other. So I, I'm so grateful to our leadership team for creating a product review environment that allows you to bring sort of a half-baked idea that, you know, you're super passionate about, you can't stop thinking about, or bring something that is more um, evolved and mature. And so we have uh, seen so much um, improvement by having that uh, mechanism to bring an idea for it. So, you know, some of our more, like one thing we worked on on the donation platform was we um, have this flow where you donate and then you can save your payment information. I mean, it's just like any other e-commerce flow. Like we want you to save your payment information so that at that point on, you can do sort of these one-click, easier, low-friction donations. And the flow of that um, felt a little clunky. And so we were like, hey, here are some like market improvements we can do uh, to make that more seamless and let's A-B test it. So we brought those designs to product review, meet and talk about it, implement it as an A-B test. And it was one of the most phenomenal A-B tests I've ever been a part of in my entire career. We saw like a 238% increase in the number of people who saved their cards just by changing the design. And we work on a campaign where people understand that you can have those leaps and bounds by paying attention to the design, by looking at the UX um, and uh, looking at the data to see how are people landing on that flow, are they on their phones, are they on desktop, so on and so forth. And so product review is really to 
to answer those age-old product questions. Who's the audience? What's the goal? What does success look like? What are the metrics saying? Uh, we bring that all together, talk about it together. It's very efficient in that regard. And then the teams go out, work on their stuff, and, uh, and we ship. You know, that's, that's interesting um, in that a lot of the, the bigger organizations that, that I've been involved with, you get, you get this sense of uh, institutional baggage like, yeah, okay. we tried that once, that doesn't work, you know, and so you have to overcome that, that inertia of all the history that's there. So this idea of a relatively large team all of a sudden jumping right at all of these problems without all of the, uh, without that baggage sounds uh, pretty compelling. Yeah, and you know what I've learned? I think what is key to avoiding that baggage, even on the campaign, is new blood. Because when you get new people joining, and you know, I'm I'm like I'm like an an old person on the campaign because I joined last July, you know. But we still have new people joining. We have people joining like now with only three months left, um, and new people come and challenge that. They're like, "Sure, you tried it back then, but look, the tone and the audience of the campaign is different. Uh, what if we did it this way?" And so. Bringing new people in, whether it's, you know, whether you're a company that has the luxury to hire more people or even just bringing in advisors or, you know, outsiders in sort of this product council to offer some new ideas or challenge the old assumption is super, super important. So even myself, I'll be like, eh, sorry, I tested that in January. I don't think it's going to work. And then other people on the campaign will be like, well, what, but yeah, but January is a very different time than now. And what if we did it this way and blah, 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 like that, that is so important. So fostering that conversation is what I think very successful product reviews um, do. And so, yeah, I guess you can develop institutional baggage in a matter of weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I remember when I joined the campaign, you know, I was like, I don't know, like two weeks in or something. And um, and Teddy, who runs our digital and tech side, he was like, uh, he was like, what do you think? And I and I tried to play the I don't know, I'm new card. He's like, how long have you been here? And I was like, two weeks. And he was like, ah, eh, you need to have an opinion on this. <laughs> like, oh man, like at any other job, you'd still be like onboarding three months in, but in this job, it's like, okay, you're in. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, come on, everybody. There's no time. Let's get going. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What a luxury time is. So what's a what's a typical day look like? Or, or here, I, even better. Tell me about yesterday. Because we were going to record yesterday and you... Um... <laughs> I had a bunch of fires to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that, that can be a normal day. Um, I mean, we have a lot of the sort of basic things you would expect. We have stand-ups. All of our Agile teams um, have stand-ups in the morning. We're reviewing, you know, what did we do yesterday? What's on deck for today? Is anyone blocked? Uh, the stand-ups are super valuable um, because it sort of sets the tone for your day. So some days I come in... And what I think I'm going to do that day is exactly what I do. Some days I wake up in the morning, check my phone, and it's like, okay, all bets are off. I need to deal with X, Y, Z before going back to normal business. So we have stand-ups. You know, our tech team, we do agile development. So we have sprint planning meetings, sprint retros, um, uh, stand-ups to support that. So, again, a lot of the best practices that, like, any tech team would do, we do on our tech team, which I'm very proud of. So the domain and the volume is different, but the, like, nuts and bolts of it are pretty much what you would expect, whether you were at Google, um, Adobe, or uh, or this campaign. So, like, today I'll finish this call up, go in. I have stand-up with my team. Um we're about halfway through our current sprint, so sort of just checking in on that. I have a, I have a few long-term projects that I need to kind of usher to the finish line. I have some smaller reactive things that cropped up yesterday. Uh, so yesterday I just had to deal with a bunch of things, um, 
Secretary Clinton was um, giving a speech, and we, she was going to reference some stuff that we um, had on our blog, on the Hillary Clinton blog, and uh, a couple things we had to get sort of um, fixed up properly since she was going to actually reference it. Um, you know, and obviously changing uh, what her remarks is, is a little bit harder. So we had to make sure that, um, you know, what she was going to shout out matched uh, what people were going to be sent to if they actually, um, you know, uh, input at that URL and so on and so forth. So again, it's like, it's like the smallest of small things, the biggest of big things. Uh, I stopped trying to plan my days. I basically go in every morning thinking, what are the three most important right. things I need to do today? And then if I do those three, I feel like it's a huge success because there's always some random stuff coming up that kind of throws off that plan. Um, and then at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, tomorrow, what are the next three right. things I want to yeah. do? And product is like, you never want to be the blocker, right? Like the pace and the volume that we're working on is so high. I never want to block design or analytics or engineering. So, so I think out of any of the folks on the tech team, the product team is especially good at context switching and checking in on, okay, this idea is still in like nascent uh, conception form. Let me just make sure that I uh, give my feedback early to unblock the design team from maybe moving forward there. This project is about to go the, out the door tomorrow. Let me check in and make sure tracking and metrics and all that is fine. So I'm constantly jumping back and forth um, yeah. between yeah. a variety of different yeah. projects. I'm sure that a lot of people listening have a lot of... Um sort of empathy for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, what else? What else is um, interesting? What else is going on with you? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this this job <laughs> is basically it. But like, I, I, I want to make sure it doesn't sound like um, it's a slog. It's not. I have never felt more alive and inspired and like empathy towards our world and our country. I mean, this job's amazing. I get to hear the stories of people and what is important to them. And it's, I, I love it. It's just like, oh my gosh, we can be putting into the White House a candidate who listens and understands and, you know, like out of the gate has uh, detailed policies about climate change, mm -hmm. terrorism, college affordability. I mean, that is so important. And um, I, you know, I feel like my parents when I, when I told them I was taking this job, I mean, first off, they were like thrilled. We are hardcore Clinton supporters. Um, uh, and you know, I think my dad especially just was like over the moon. Um, but you know, my mom was like, you know, don't become jaded. And I, I thought, huh, I wonder if that will be the case, but quite the opposite. I wake up every day, like so inspired by what secretary Clinton is doing, um, the importance of this campaign and even the people that I work with. I mean, this is the absolute most talented, diverse group of people that I have ever worked with. We have a campaign that um, has such strong women and, uh, you know, very, like people of color, like we're a very diverse collaborative campaign and everyone is is passionate and committed and fun and funny and, and, and I really love it. So yeah, the pace and the volume is like totally nuts and I basically live at our office, um, but I don't feel like stuck or, or upset about that. It's, it's great. Like I would much rather hang out late at work, grab some seamless <laughs> and we like talk and work and, you know, suddenly it's like 10 o'clock versus, you know, leaving at a normal time to, to meet up. So I, I kind of have given up on having a social life, but it's not a loss. It's like very, um, I, I like it. This is a family. And I think all of us are already starting to think about 
what will be incredible separation anxiety when this whole thing is done. How does that work then? Because um, the job is over in November, yeah, right? I know. I don't know. I mean, yeah, the job is over uh, and we all sort of, um, you know, all, all talk with this like kind of like glint in our eyes about the travel and like the stuff we're going to do when this oh, is yeah. done. And so I think we're all excited about that, but also very um, cautious and, and know that it will be a bit traumatic to say goodbye. I mean, many of us, yeah, we spend 15, 20 hours a day together every single day, you know, and um, I, I don't know. So I actually, I mean, you gave me this advice many years ago, like sometimes you don't know what comes next while you're in the current thing. Like I have no idea what I'm going to do after this. I do know I'm going to sit on a beach for a long time. <laughs> I'm like, relax. But um, I'm personally very excited to see both what I do and what everyone else does, because you leave this experience, like just feeling very confident in your skills and what you can do, because you just learn so much. And, uh, and I'm, I'm super thrilled to see sort of, I think people are going to go, some are going to go back into industries. Some may go entrepreneurial and do their own thing. Some may stay in kind of the civic technology space, right? There are avenues for that now. You have 18F, you have the US yeah, right. services. Um, and so there's a lot of opportunities. So I think um, I think it's cool that, especially in technology, your skills can lend itself to a variety of different like environments and domains. You know, when I thought about my own career, I don't think I have ever left a job knowing what I was gonna do next, which is admittedly pretty rare, I think. I don't think most people enjoy that kind of risk. Yeah. But my, I don't know, and, and maybe this is, you know, my personality type and what, what feeds me, but I've never been really able to conceive of what to do next while I'm working on something. And, and I tend to go all in on what I'm working on. Yeah. Right? So there's no space in my head to figure out, you know, what would be the next thing to go do, uh, either is it another job or some, you know, start something new or things like that. And what I find I really need is, like you said, <laughs> a period of decompression on a yeah. beach or, or whatever. But then it, it sort of transforms over time into this combination of equal parts boredom and anxiety. Mm -hmm. right? <laughs> like, you know, gosh, I'd, I'd really like to be able to do something with other people and collaborate and be creative and stuff like that. And, uh, well, the bank account is sort of going down and not up or, or staying the same. So should figure out something here. And those two things have always sort of fostered, at least in me, this this creativity of like, aha, I know what to do next now. Oh, my gosh, totally. And I, I think I am sort of the same way. So I never thought about that. Do you think we're the exception, not the rule? I, I, I don't know. I mean, if you look at most people in their careers, um, frankly, uh, if we are the exception, it's, uh, it's a, a tremendous privilege to have that exception yeah, or to have that opportunity to be able to leave a job without the assuredness of, you know, your salary maintaining for a little while yeah, at yeah. least. So what you're doing, um, being like, I'm, I'm sure many people listening are envious of the role that you have and the, and the opportunity that you've had, mm -hmm. um, but are unable to accept that kind of risk in their career, right? Like yeah. you, you, you quit a job to take a job that you knew would end. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it was scary. It was absolutely scary. Wait, a couple of things that I want to say before I forget. So one, I am the same way. I have to, I have to, ha I have to leave the thing and have that little decompression and then I think for me, I also, that boredom anxiety thing kicks in. There's a little step in the middle and especially this job, I'm, I'm very excited about it, which is like a period of reflection. Um, there are so many things we're doing on this campaign that we, we 
don't really talk about right now. But when it's done, we can. So I am very excited post-November, post-Beach, to write and speak and maybe share some of the tremendous, exciting stories and learnings that came out of this, like, crazy, you know, incubatory type of environment. And so I, I think I'm going to do that while I figure out what the next thing is. Um, and I think sort of talking and reflecting about this experience will help me point towards the right North star for what will happen next. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. It's a privilege. And I, you know, even with like leaving Adobe to go to charity water, like I took my sabbatical and kind of, um, sort of tested out the waters by, by volunteering a little bit with Charity Water and seeing what it would be like to join that organization before deciding to go full plunge. And so I think there's a couple of ways to kind of test things out before just like jumping in. But, um, yeah, I had, that, yeah. the, uh, the sabbatical, I yeah. think it's a, it's a, it's thank a, you a, by a, the way for letting me do <laughs> it's a wonderful sort of benefit of working for a larger corporation. And what was it? I know you work for five years and then you get like five weeks off or something like that. Yeah. 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 And it compounds over time. You work there for 25 years and you get a bigger, whatever. Yeah. I, don't, I don't remember all, all the details of it, but man, a lot of people don't come back from their sabbaticals. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not sure the eff efficacy of that, if it, uh, in the end has a positive ROI or not. <laughs> yeah. I think from my time at Adobe, yeah, it's probably split. There are people who take their sabbatical and then, you know, for them it's refreshing and they come back even more energized and ready to go or there are those who are like, oh, wow, there's, here's the next challenge I want to take. And I was able to sort of see that that was like, have the clarity that that was what I want to do. And so they come back and, and give notice. And I mean, I was at Adobe for a very long time, very grateful for everything I did there, but it was time for some change. Yeah. I, and, and it's also the, the, the bigger the company to me, it, it seems the harder it is to stay connected to the outside world. Yeah. Um, when I, so for example, when I worked at Google, uh, I worked there for almost three years and I never once went to Mountain View, like the city, <laughs> the city of Mountain View, which wow. is a, a mile from Google's campus because I lived in San Francisco. I took the Google shuttle. Every single thing I needed was on campus and like yeah. literally everything and uh, shuttle back to the city in the evening. And so when I was at Adobe, I, like it, it, even though the, the office was there in the city, I still felt this like man, I should, and I did, I started to make sure that at least once a week, I would like not eat at Adobe. I would like make a lunch date with somebody and just get out of the building and, and say like, tell me what's happening out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's so important. Totally. I did that at Adobe. Like when I, I was there for, for so long, almost 10 years. And like, I was in a bubble and then I took my sabbatical and came to New York and saw just what an amazing, like fertile environment of uh, startup culture and design and, um, and I was like, Oh, whoa, there is a whole exciting world out there. And sure. I love Adobe, but I would be remiss if I didn't check out, check out that, that, that new thing that that's kind of like calling me. And so, yeah, I don't know. I guess, yeah, I guess all of that is, is sort of in justification, uh, to like leaving the, essentially the, the job in hand yeah. without knowing to take the leap to see what's out there is that there's a lot out there and you can kind of forget that when you're, when you're so laser focused on the work that you're doing every day and that the politics around you and the issues you're dealing with and, and all of that. So maybe this is just a little encouragement to people to say, yeah, go, zoom have a, out. go have a look. Yeah. And, and do, you can do it through what you were saying, like have lunch with someone who doesn't work in your industry or, um, you know, like you can do it through reading. Like I, that same time that I was taking my sabbatical was reading a lot of books about how technology helps solve 
all these global problems like vertical farming and uh, broadband connectivity in rural parts of Africa. And I was just like, whoa, you know, I had been using my technology skills to build creative products for creative people. Totally proud of that mission. But these same skills can be applied to all these different places. Maybe I can go use it to help raise money for clean water. Right. Or maybe I can go use it to help put the first female president in the White House. And it was funny. I just had dinner with an old friend of mine, and he was like talking about kind of because he we've known each other from around that time that I was thinking about leaving Adobe to now. And he was like, you know, trying to explain my career and was like at a loss. But I thought it was pretty clear. I was like, I like using design and technology to solve big problems, regardless of what those problems are. But it's funny that I don't know. He was just like fumbling for words because to him it was like, okay, first it was like corporate technology and then it was a charity and now it's politics. But I thought that the, the consistent thread was just, yeah, you can use technology to do all of that. There's a story arc there. I yeah. can see it. Oh, yeah, good. for sure. <laughs> good. <laughs> uh, let me ask you one last question. Sure. So, so many times when I meet people who work at Apple, like the conversation always goes to, hey, did you ever meet Steve Jobs? You know, there's this sort of cult of personality around all of that. Absolutely. So do you, you must get that question all the time. Do you, do you, uh, do you get much time with your boss? Yes. Yes. She does come to the office, um, more so, uh, earlier on. Um, she's, she actually, she was at the office my first day. And I walked in just like pinching myself that I got this amazing <laughs> opportunity. And then, you know, you sort of notice Secret Service around and it's like, who are these guys? Like dour looking guys in suits. And <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I guess someone's coming by. And I thought it would be like President Clinton or maybe Chelsea. But nope, Secretary Clinton came on my first day. And I was like, OK, this is it. This is happening. Um, and like that, she's come by a few times. Uh, and to meet the tech team, she is... Uh, you know, very aware of what's happening. And we got to show her some of the, the things we were working on. Um, so it's great. I, it just, I mean, obviously I work on this campaign. I 200% believe in her and uh, believe that she should be our next president. And then when you actually meet her, it's just reinforced so much. So she's a truly inspiring, incredibly capable, qualified, warm, gracious person. Um, and, you know, I think sometimes when you see her speak, you, you see these, uh, glimpses, like she talks a lot about love and kindness and she does exude that, you know, this is a mother, this is a grandmother. I'm so inspired by the idea of having a woman in the white house who has given birth and who has, you know, understands a lot of the the issues and problems facing women. And so, you know, when you meet her, it's just really reinforced. And, and it's, it's like a vitamin D shot to the entire campaign when she comes by, because we're just like, oh, right, this is, this is what we're working on. And it's really, uh, it's really, it gives me goosebumps. But she's a little too busy to hang out in the Slack channel. With the rest of the team. <laughs> yeah, no, she's not on Slack. Oh, um, too bad. <laughs> but the entire campaign, yeah, Slack has been super helpful for us to to stay organized and stay in touch because you know we have we operate out of HQ, but there's tons of staff and volunteers in states spread across the country, and that's like exponentially growing week after week as we inch closer to November. So a lot of those yeah. tools help us uh, stay connected. Yeah, yeah. Well, your passion is obvious, and I'm 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 just really uh, glad you're doing what you're doing. Oh, thank you. Where let's see on Twitter, you're I am Deepa. Yep, I'm old school in that regard, so I'm not on Snapchat. Sorry, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the best way to find me. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. I really enjoyed the conversation. Um, Ninety-seven days. Oh, man, yes, onwards. This has been presentable. And I'm Jeff Fien. 
Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you have feedback or comments or questions or anything, really, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on the web at relay.fm slash presentable or on Twitter at presentable FM. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.